Welcome to episode number 115 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. This is the podcast where we're creating a global community around process safety, industries handling combustible dust. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we're talking about NFPA definitions of combustible dust, and we're doing that with Eric Bridot, project consultant at Jensen Hughes, based out of Halifax, Nova Scotia, and also a master's student in chemical engineering at Dalhousie University. Eric, welcome to the podcast, and thank you for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to go through this topic. Dalhousie University, those that are long-term listeners will know that that's uh, where I did my graduate degrees as well, um, graduate degree as well. I did under Dr. Paul Amiot there, who is also Eric's supervisor for his project. So I've been kind of involved on the sidelines, seeing how these different projects at Dal are developing. And I'm going to let Eric talk about his project in specific, how the topic came about, you know, what the importance is, but where I got involved was with a combined project that is funded through WorkSafe BC Innovation at Work program. It's on in integrating inherently safer design into hazard analysis. Uh, specifically using bow tie diagrams and bow tie type analysis for that. So this is a combined project with Dalhousie, with Dust Safety Science, with the Woodpell Association of Canada and the BC Forest Safety Council group. And again, funded through WorkSafe's BC's Innovation and Work Program. So it's a very big project, has a number of different moving parts. But it's sort of the front end, Eric did this, I don't know, maybe one page or two page small write-up on different definitions for combustible dust within the NFPA guidelines. And it's interesting to see how they they change. Um, you know, you might look at the the wood handling guidelines, and that's different than the general consensus standard or the general umbrella standard. It's different than maybe the feed and grain agricultural standard. So, when we read that and kind of talking about it, it made sense to just get Eric to to come on and talk about that. So, in this episode, we're going to talk about Eric's background, um, his master's project, a bit why this review of the definitions of combustible dust was created, um, and then what are some of the things that Eric found in this review. So. Eric, I think the best way to kind of jump in is, can you tell us a bit about your background and maybe not your master's research yet, but what is your, your current role? Because I know you're also working with uh, with Jensen Hughes. What's your, your role in industries handling combustible dust? Yeah, sure. So uh, currently, I'm a project consultant in the industrial process safety group at Jensen Hughes. Uh, so basically, I focus on industrial process safety and explosion prevention and protection engineering, um, mostly with combustible dust, but also with... Um, hazardous area classification for vapors and liquids as well. Uh, so, you know, really I perform process hazard analysis, dust hazard analysis, uh, hazardous area classification studies. And I also have experience in the use of various bench scale laboratory apparatuses to uh, characterize the explosion severity, ignition sensitivity of dust. Great. You've, you've, you've practiced that one. You said it pretty, uh, pretty succinctly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. I guess what made you come up with the crazy idea of, of, you know, going on and getting your master's thesis at Dalhousie and, and what kind of led to this review for NFPA definitions of combustible dust? Yeah. So really I, I reached out to, to uh, Dr. Amy on the summer. I was interested in getting another degree and I really want to focus in process safety and learn more about combustible dust. So in September, last September, I started a master of applied science and chemical engineering at Dalhousie. And I'm working on a research project, as you know, um, it's basically aimed to improve the process safety in wood pellet manufacturing facilities. And it's through the incorporation of inherently safer design uh, principles into dust hazard analysis methodology. And we're using bow tie analysis as a graphical risk management tool. Uh, so essentially this project is for WorkSafe BC and we're working in cooperation with WPAC, so the Wooden Pell Association of Canada. And we're looking at 
various wind power facilities in British Columbia and kind of diving into specific equipment and we're doing, um, there's OTI process hazard analysis, I guess, sessions being done by, by Kaylee. And once we get these built, they have all the current controls in place to manage the combustible dust hazards. And I'm going through these, these existing bow ties and trying to find opportunities to incorporate inherently sacred thought. Um, I think this NFPA standard review came out of an internal discussion about what the technical definition of what a combustible dust really is with, with respect to the physical and chemical characteristics. So I know when we were trying to define, you know, when we're talking about the, the top event from a combustible dust hazard and what, what the consequences of dust explosion are, we were trying to figure out, you know, how exactly to define the top event and how exactly to define what a combustible dust is. So in a broad sense, I think it is obvious what is meant by combustible dust. I mean, anyone working in the field kind of knows, you know, it's, it's a small particulate solid that will ignite under certain conditions of the explosion pentagon. But the definitions provided for combustible dust and various codes and technical standards uh, vary to, to some degree. Uh, most notably, there are some technical standards that use a specific particle size limit as a criterion, while others provide a broader, more general definition. Yeah, and one thing I want to say is these type of projects... Um, I really, really like them. I think they're really important to sort of one where you have, you know, the university, they're working with industry associations or with industries themselves. Um, this project is, you know, the, the overarching project um, is, is funded through WorkSafe BC's Innovation and Work Program. So it really is tying, you know, the academic, the research background directly in with industry, which I think is really important. And that's why you see this project has a couple different parts as critical controls has this bow tie analysis and using as a, a tool in your hazard assessment and in education, which is another component that came out. It also has the incorporation of inherently safer design principles into all these different things. And this was really like one of the first tasks is, okay, you sit down at a table. Well, what is a combustible dust? And, and everyone looks at each other and there says, well, you know, is it a particle size limit or what is it? And it's, it's kind of funny. We had it after, I think it was the day after I emailed you to set up this interview we had a question in the Dust Safety Academy. The question was titled Combustible Dust Definitions, Electrical Codes versus Standards. And we had uh, a fire inspector from, I believe, Saskatchewan. I won't say his name on here, but uh, he's, in, he's inside the community anyway, and you can see his post in there. But he, he says, I'm looking in the NEC, and there's this definition for combustible dust, and it's totally different than FPA 652's definition. <laughs> and I said, Jim, that that's okay. We're going to record a podcast interview in this, and it'll come out in a couple of weeks. Um, so he'll, he's looking forward with uh, bated breath for this. The other thing I want to mention was Kaylee Rayner Brown, who you mentioned earlier when you're talking about this project. She's also been a kind of critical part of this project, and is a former master student at Dalhousie. She's currently a research associate there. This afternoon, we have her giving a training in the Dust Safety Academy on using bow tie analysis to assess combustible dust hazards and controls. So these are some of the different kind of learning products that I guess come out of this larger project, um, this this podcast being being one of those, hopefully. So you did a review, you know, the, and it seems like a simple question. What What is the definition of a combustible dust? But, you know, are bowling balls combustible dust? Well, probably not. You know, is, is, is there glass beads combustible dust? Is sand combustible dust? Um, is the stuff that's on top of my dresser right now, because I haven't dusted in a while, is that combustible dust? Are wood chips combustible dust? Is, once you actually go to apply it, it is a really good question. Um, so I guess just starting at the start, what did you find when you started walking through the the different definitions and trying to, to nail something down here? Yeah, so I found that 
most of the NFPA standards had a very similar, if not the same definition. So some of these would be like NFPA 652, standard on fundamentals of combustible dust, um, NFPA 654, 68, 69. Um, they all define combustible dust without a particle size limit. Um, so the exact definition given is a finely divided combustible particulate solid that presents a flash fire hazard or explosion hazard when suspended in the air or other process specific oxidizing medium over a range of concentrations. So essentially all five requirements of the explosion pentagon are hit there and it really doesn't define a specific particle size. Similarly with NFPA 77, which is recommended practice on stat static electricity. Um, there's a definition that defines combustible dust pretty much the same way, but there's an emphasis on um, particle size not being a requirement. So it says uh, regardless of particle size or shape. So it's essentially the same definition as in the other NFPA standards, but it, it specifically says that you know particle size or shape isn't a limiting criteria for what combustible dust could be. OSHA also actually adopts a similar um, definition as NFPA 77, but goes a little bit further and says combustible dust can be combustible regardless of the size, shape, or chemical composition. Um, obviously, chemical composition is important when you know it, whether or not a, a dust is combustible, but that's kind of inherent to the, the, the chemical or uh, material itself. That makes sense. So we sort of have three so far, and they are really the same definition, but it's interesting to see a different emphasis. So I'll just reiterate them. If you look in 652 today, and, and today being um, January 2021, the definition would be, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the full definition in front of me, but a finely divided combustible solid that's able to propagate a flash fire or explosion. So able to propagate a, def a deflagration. The other standards, you mentioned some things that are added, include an emphasis stating after that, you know, regardless of particle size and shape. And then also in the OSHA definitions, regardless of chemical composition. I think, I don't know the full lineage of where all these came from, and, and we'll discuss these maybe a little bit towards the end of this interview, but it, it's interesting. These sort of have been added in because things have come up. One that comes to mind is, you know, if you have a particle size measurement and you have a screen, well, if you have a flake or a, a, a fibrous particle, it may not go through that screen, even though it may have a very narrow radius and be able to burn quite quickly and actually be able to propagate a deflagration or a flash fire. So all these sort of things came up. One that sort of stood out, I guess, was NFPA, well, is, so NFPA 664 is the wood handling standard, is that right? Uh, yeah, uh, I guess before we get to that one, just to contrast the NFPA standards that don't define a particle size limit, there are some that still do. Uh, so NFPA 499 is a standard that is um, relevant to the classification of hazardous areas from combustible dust. So this standard uses a particle, particle size criterion of 500 micron, microns or smaller. So essentially material passing through US uh, number 35 standard C. And this definition is essentially the same as the other NFPA standards. Um, it has to present a flash fire or explosion hazard when it's first in the air and ignited. Um, but it does define that 500 micron limit. Um, similar definitions are also provided in the US National Electrical Code, which is NFPA 70, and the Canadian Electrical Code, which is CSA uh, C22118. Um, and all of these standards do define the 500 micron. Yeah, and that's what uh, Jim was saying in the Dust Safety Academy uh, question that he posted there was that the National Electric Code, the Canadian National Electric Code, has this 500 micron or smaller requirement where NFPA 652 doesn't. 
So we're throwing around, um, I call it standard spaghetti sometimes. <laughs> we're throwing around a lot of standard numbers. So uh, Eric did do a article up on this that sort of, I think, goes through some of this. And that will be published through the Woodpell Association of Canada. It's not up while we're recording this, but it will be uh, likely up by the time the interview comes out. So if you want to get access to that article, you can go to dustsafetyscience.com slash 115. And we'll put a um, link to that article there. Uh, so you don't have to write down all these standard numbers <laughs> as, you're, as you're going through. Or we'll also have Eric's contact information in the show notes as well, or you can email me at chris at dustsafetyscience.com and, and kind of walk through this as well. So we'll call that maybe the fourth definition, the 500 micron or smaller. I'm just arbitrarily, arbitrarily numbering these, so they <laughs> don't read too much into what these numbers mean, but that's the fourth one that I wrote down. How then does it make sense to move into NFA 664, which I know is related to your project with the, the Woodpell Association of Canada? How is that different than the other NFPA standards? Yeah, so uh, NFP 664 is an industry-specific standard for the uh, prevention of fires and dust explosions in wood processing facilities. So this standard actually doesn't provide a definition for combustible dust explicitly. It defines uh, deflagrable wood dust, but Throughout the standard, these two terms are actually used interchangeably. So combustible, the term combustible dust is used without, like, throughout the standard, but the definition provided is for a deflagrable uh, wood dust. And essentially, this is defined as wood particulate that will propagate a deflagration uh, flame front when suspended in the air or other process-specific oxidizing medium in sufficient concentration, thus presenting a deflagration hazard. And uh, this definition is similar to the other uh, NFPA standards that don't define particle size. It doesn't explicitly say that, you know, regardless of particle size, but there's no um, emphasis on the particle size limit. Is there anything on moisture there? I remember when I was reading through a standard or something on, on wet wood dust or, or, or something kind of there as well. You may not know the answer off your offhand. Yeah, so that was a separate definition for a dry, non-deflagrable wood dust. Okay. And it's essentially if the moisture content is below 25% and it doesn't present a, a deflagration hazard. So my hope in this interview is is not that people will be experts in what the definition is from all these, but that if you're reading one of these standards and you you know read another one and you see a different definition, you at least get an idea how some of this came about and, and more importantly that there are definition different definitions and what some of it means. So that's this isn't like a, a full, uh, you know, course on how it's defined through the different uh, standards, but it's hopefully giving some people some background information that can help. So I mentioned this a little bit earlier. You know, historically speaking, I think the 500 terminology was was typically used across most standards. That's sort of the old definition. Why do you think that they move towards a broader definition that doesn't indicate particle size? Yeah, so I think that 500 micron criteria might have came from the definition of of just a dust where that, I think that's used. And actually in many of the NFPA standards that I, I was speaking about that don't, de they don't define a criteria in the definition. They do have a section in Annex A that, you know, it says that typically it's unlikely that particles will be combustible and the particle size is greater than 500 microns due to the small surface to volume ratio. Um, but it's also recognized that not all particles are perfect spherical shapes. So when there's deviation from the spherical shape, such as for flat, um, elongated particles, flakes, fibers, um, with lengths that are relatively large compared to their diameter. These might not pass through a 500 micron sieve, uh, but they still can pose a deflagration or explosion hazard. So 
So really there's, there's no single particle size limit that you can use to define combustible dust, um, chemical composition, and other physical properties such as particle size and particle shape. They, they do affect the upper limit for particle size that will be combustible, but it's different for every dust. And when particle size distribution changes, when the shape changes, when the, when the chemical changes, this upper limit changes as well. Yeah, we had to... So, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. I, I was just going to finish by saying from a, no, from a dust explosion and prevention uh, mitigation perspective, I, I think the definition really shouldn't define a particle size limit. And the definitions used that don't are, are way more appropriate for identifying combustible dust hazards. Yeah, I mean, just on that. So if you have something that doesn't fit through the mesh, but is a flash that can cause a flash fire and explosion... You know, would you want to exclude that? <laughs> well, probably not. And it, it really is actually, there are these materials. So we had a, a, a master's student maybe in my second year, my graduate research. So we're going back to maybe 2013 doing uh, testing. He came from Italy and he did testing at, at uh, Dr. Amount's lab here in, at Dalhousie in the Process Engineering Applied Science Department. Um, and he was doing tests on textiles. So, uh, poly plastic threads anyway plastic fibers so like uh they would use them in, in a process called flocking to make threads there's these little short fibers that are you know maybe five millimeters long three two millimeters long but very um, small radius and they would explode in the toilet chamber they also had explosions and we've even recorded explosions in the last couple of years with these same materials in industry that are causing loss of facility and, and also um, injuries and fatalities, and they they don't go through the sieve because you're not going to get the fiber to stand up upright so that it goes perfectly through the through the sieve, right? So yeah, this that's a, a specific example of material that does deflagrate that can cause a flash fire and explosion, but doesn't fit through these sieves. You can also have sticky materials, materials that agglomerate, but when they're in processing conditions, um, maybe they're you know farther apart. Uh, so you have all these issues with trying to sieve these materials out and define a particle size. The other kind of side of the coin is it's not necessarily, well, there's two parts to this, actually. It's not the bulk material, it's the fines. So if you find that you put through a sieve and most of your material is staying on top of the, the sieve, those fines actually make a big difference. And if there's even a little amount, you know, 10% uh, of the material is the fine material, that may be enough to propagate a flame. So you need to test that material specifically to see, does it pose a deflagration hazard? Uh, the other side is that that material can break down over time so if you sieve the material at the start of your processing operation, it's going to be very different than the material that's at the end of your processing operation. Anything else on that on sort of this, I guess to round off on my thoughts, I think even, and I should confirm this for the show, but I think even NFPA 652 used to have this particle size, maybe in the annex or, or maybe in the, the body, but it was taken out over the years. And there was a, a caution because I had heard about some other countries starting to develop regulations for combustible dust, which is an excellent thing. <laughs> That's a great outcome from, you know, increased awareness. But because the 500 micron or other definitions that rely on particle size and don't use things like, you know, regardless of particle size, regardless of chemical composition are still out there in some of the codes, those were then potentially being adopted in these other countries' codes. And that's one of the reasons why I won't put this interview out and, and get this information more widely available is don't do that because NFPA, not all the standards, but some of them spent a lot of years trying to get this thing out of there, um, historically speaking. So, yeah, it's better to to tie to the actual chemical and physical properties of the material, 
which right now we can only determine through experimental testing. Did I miss anything on the history or anything else that comes out of you know this assessment that you did on on the different uh, definitions in the NFPA standards? No, I think that's. I was going to say the same thing. Get your dust tested. Um, and if whether it's combustible dust ha- uh, hazards, then you know perform a DHA and determine what the actual risks are uh, for the facility and specific equipment. Makes sense. I guess the the last question, then closing off, because we do have an international audience for this podcast. I, I haven't looked at the international standards, so I don't know. I haven't looked at them in terms of what the specific definition is. But did you look at any of the standards that are used in other countries and, and what kind of definitions for combustible dust they might be using? Uh, so I, I did look at a few. So the International Electrotechnical Commission, IEC, has a standard for um, uh, it's a much more robust, I guess, way to determine hazardous area classification for combustible dust. So that standard is 60079-10-2. And this is the 2015 version, which is the latest. So this is an international standard that defines combustible dust is um, finely divided solid particles, 500 microns or less in nominal size, which may form an explosive mixture with air at temperature or atmospheric pressure and normal temperatures. So this one, this standard does define 500. And I also looked at the International Fire Code, uh, the 2018 edition. So this, this defines combustible dust similarly uh, as finely divided solid material, which is 420 microns or less in diameter, in which when dispersed in air in the proper proportions could be ignited by flame spark or other ignition source. They said they didn't have the right size, the same size screen. <laughs> so they just chose a different one. <laughs> yeah, 420. Um, but then weirdly enough, IF, IFC, uh, International Fire Code 2018, States that the requirements of NFPA 652 apply to all new existing facilities, new and existing facilities, and DHAs must be performed in compliance with NFPA 652. So, in that sense, there would be, a, I guess, a difference in, in the definition for combustible dust between the two standards. Yeah, it might be a conflict there, I guess. Yeah, I think that's chapter 20 or 22 of the new the newest IFC specifically states that a. Uh, that a page 652 must be followed and that a, a DHA must be completed. I can't remember which one of those two chapters is, but if somebody's looking at that, that's where they can find it. I think it might have been 22, but I, I can't remember right off. Uh, Excellent. Well, I think we covered, you know, the whole whole gamut. So I have five, I don't know if I have five definitions. Let's run through them. So I have a finely divided solid particle that poses a flash fire explosion hazard uh, when dispersed in an oxidizing medium. That's sort of like the most general. There's some that have some qualifiers. So some include an emphasis that uh, regardless of particle size or shape, some include an emphasis of regardless of chemical composition. Um, and then there's sort of this other family that has a specific particle size uh, mentioned. So 500 micron, uh, you mentioned that the IFC 2018 edition uh, specifies 420 micron. So that's sort of this other family of, of definitions that are out there. Anything else on this that you think the listener might be interested in at this time or should we close out for today? Uh, I think that's all I have. Uh, the only other definition I could add that uh, it's it's pretty much the same as most the most general NFPA standards, but uh, NFPA sixty one, which is uh, relevant for agriculture and food processing facilities, it has a, it also has a, a specific industry um, definition. It's agricultural agricultural combustible dust. Um, it's essentially the same thing, but it just. Def- you know, specifies that it's an agricultural combustible particulate solid. 
And the definition is similar to the other ones though? It is, yeah. Um, I actually don't have that up, up right now, so I, I don't know the exact definition, but it doesn't define a particle size and it's it's pretty general, just like the definition given in uh, 652. All right, we'll leave that one as homework then for, for the audience to go check out 61 <laughs> and, and email us and let us know what the definition is. <laughs> well, well, thank you, Eric, for coming on. Again, this is sort of an interesting topic, um, something that a few folks have been coming by and had questions about. Um, I just wanted to get, because I, I had known that you'd done some you know assessment looking at different standards, just get that out there on the podcast so people can kind of have an idea when they come across that, a bit of where it came from, a bit of why it's important and... Uh, you know a bit of maybe what to expect when they come through so i'm sure this this likely won't be the last time we have you on the podcast because i know the projects you're working on um, with dalhousie with your master's degree uh, and with jensen hughes as well um so look forward to the chance to get you on the podcast in the future and i just want to say thank you for sharing your, your time with us today yeah thanks for having me chris all right thanks eric we'll be talking soon so you've been listening to myself dr chris cloney and eric bridot project consultant at jensen hughes based out of halifax nova scotia Eric's also a master's student in chemical engineering, specifically the process engineering and applied science department at Dalhousie University. Uh, and he's doing his master's degree in the same lab that I did my, my uh, PhD degree in as well under Dr. Paul Amiot. In today's episode, we talked through these NFPA definitions and actually we expanded beyond that as well. Some international standards into electrical uh, codes as well for combustible dust. So sort of at the front end, we talked about well, why does this matter? And the reason is, if you have a hazard and you're excluding it outright, but it still poses a, a flash fire explosion hazard, then you know you have a scenario where you're not going to do a hazard assessment, where you may not have the awareness or may not be required to do communication and training. And then you sort of end up this place where you have a, a risk that's going unmitigated, just waiting to to sign it kind of happen and, and reveal itself uh, as as that sort of hazard. So that's you know one of the challenges, and then more practical challenges. We have folks that are reaching out, like I mentioned, the Dust Safety Academy and the community forums there, an individual reaching out asking, you know, why is the definition for combustible dust different in the Canadian National Electrical Code than NFPA 652? Um, and because all these documents have different development timelines, because they have different development requirements, um, even different audiences and different people developing them, the, the definitions are slightly different over time. So we want to go through those. So the, I guess the historical definitions generally were the ones that relied more on using a size criterion. Uh, this was uh, through most of them 500 micron. Through the International Fire Code, it was 420 micron. And then some of the newer uh, standards have focused more on a general definition. A finely divided solid that is able to propagate a, a deflagration. Um, some use the terminology deflagration, propagate a flash fire or explosion. That would be an unconfined deflagration or a confined deflagration. There's some other qualifiers that are added, um, emphasis on regardless of particle size and shape, emphasis on regardless of chemical composition. If it is a combustible dust as determined through NFPA 652, which means as determined through either a go-no-go test or standardized testing, um, then it, it is a combustible dust. That's sort of the, the general definition that's used there. It has real impact. I've seen this myself. We've done testing at Dalhousie University with fibrous materials, with sticky materials, things that wouldn't pass through traditional sieves, but are combustible dust, are able to deflagrate, propagate a flame, cause a flash fire, and cause an explosion hazard. So you don't want to exclude them from all the hazard assessment, all the education, all the communication requirements, because at the end of the day, if you do that, you're going to have a situation where you're going to have an explosion at some point in the future. It's just a question of when. As I mentioned, this project is a really a small, or at least this 
this task, if you will, of, of reviewing the NFPA definitions is really a small part of a, a much larger project. It's being done through partnership with Dalhousie University, the Woodpell Association of Canada, the BC Forest Safety Council. Um, and we're also involved in safety science through the WorkSafe BC Innovation at Work program. So these are my favorite sort of projects where we have researchers, where we have industry, where we have um, industry associations, um, and even the end users themselves. There's a lot of pellet mills and people at pellet mills that are contributing to this project, coming together and, and helping to move that industry, uh, move all industries forward. So I do want to just give a, a second shout out to that. We will have an article, I think, published through maybe Canadian Biomass, through the Woodpell Association of Canada. When I say we, I mean Eric will have an article that's published through that. We will put it up in dustsafetyscience.com slash 115. Uh, and that should give you some more background information on these different definitions of combustible dust as well. So as always, I want to say thank you for listening to the Dust Safety Science Podcast. I hope you have a safe and productive week ahead. And I appreciate everything you're doing in industries handling combustible dust, making them safer every day. 